Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. What's happening, Memphis? I'm Mark Giannato, lead sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal, serving as the uh, introductory host once again, Jeffrey Wright, not in studio because of the birth of his first child, but we got a we got a special surprise to start off today's show, but let me set things up before we bring in my co-host. I'm curious if he's live from the hospital. I'm not sure. This happens spur of the moment, um, but... We are going to get, I believe, we're getting the exclusive here. The first interview with Jeffrey Wright, father now. Potential father of the year candidate. Um, so we'll get to him in a second. But Connor Dunning is uh, ably filling in in studio. Big family reunion coming up here in a second. Uh, he's, he's obviously the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn show now, but was the uh, original producer of the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Welcome uh, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. Is this going to be the first time all three of us have been back together since I came back? I think it is. Maybe. I think Maybe. the only time I filled in was when... And we've got Dennis. We've got Dennis. And we got Dennis. Dennis uh, producing the show, too. On the so ones we've got, and twos. We've got a, uh, quite the quartet. Um, Air is melding. Yeah, we've got plenty to get to today. 240 or so, Jonah Dillon, uh, the new Tiger football beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, is going to make his debut on the show. Um, so pleased to welcome him. Ryan Silverfield spoke earlier today, named a couple starters. Um, so got some news to dive into uh, now that we're 10 days out from the start of Memphis football season. We will get into the list, talk some football there. Um, and then I, I also want to talk about next hour, and maybe Je- I don't know if Jeffrey's watched it, but um, this new Florida Netflix doc. I, got, I, haven't, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but I got some things to get off my chest about just the – the, the turn documentaries have taken in the sports world lately. Um, so we've got plenty to get to. But surprise, I was not expecting so soon to get Jeffrey Wright back on his own, his show. But Jeffrey texted me about 10, 15 minutes ago, said, got some downtime. You need me on air? I was like, of course we need you on air. We want to hear what happened. At the birth of your first child. So, Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Congratulations. How's it been? 24, 30, you know, 30 hours later, if you will, now that your uh, beautiful girl is here in the world. It really is. It's fascinating how everyone will tell you it's a whirlwind. And 
you can conceptualize it, but like going through just what an insane whirlwind it is, is it's just next level because, you know, we had it set up to where uh, my daughter has been breached for a couple of months now. So we pretty much knew, all right, they scheduled the C-section for yesterday and it was going to be relatively, you know, routine. And my wife wakes me up at like 3.30. I did not sleep very much at all. Like I couldn't sleep that whole night. Yeah, I can't imagine in. knowing the yeah. time, you know, you're going to yeah. go in. That's tough. And, and like I, 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 I was trying to like watch things that I thought would like put me to sleep. And like I just couldn't go to sleep. So I get about two hours of sleep. And God bless my wife. Like she like she's like all apologetic. She's like I, my water broke like. I, I think we've got to go now. I just called the I just called the the night people at, at my uh, ner- you know, at my clinic, and they're like, "You just need to go in." And I was like, "All right, all right it's game time." Yeah. And so at first, like you're wondering because they're not giving you a ton of information. Like, okay, does this move, mean they've moved up the surgery? Is the surgery still going to be at seven thirty? So we have like this just two and a half period where we're like. Uh, are we going in early and not? And then finally we go in at seven thirty. they wheel her out to go into surgery. And they're like, Hey, you got to hang out here for like another 10 or 15 minutes. Then we'll bring you in. And, you know, they open the doors, to the operating room. And I mean, it's just like game on. Mm, and like you're in an episode uh, of ER or something. Correct. Like exactly. <laughs> you, the whole time, the whole time that I've been walking around Baptist East, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but it's like, Anytime I'm at a hospital, I just think of some episode of Scrubs. Yes, I just yes. feel like I'm walking around. It just, it just reminds me so much of Scrubs. But uh, she was wheeled in, I think, at 7.30. Did you say this surgeon's more of a Turk or more of a – do you ask him that? You know, this, you, was, <laughs> this, guy, this guy gave me strong Todd vibes. You okay. know what I mean? Like, oh, no. Like, well, <laughs> no. Here's one thing that I did always love about Todd. Like, while the Todd was, you know, despicable in a lot of ways – I always got the sense that he Good was surgeon. Incredibly, they wouldn't have kept incredibly, him. Yes, they incredibly have, competent. He was competitive. Surgeon. Well, they wouldn't. Yes. Have, they wouldn't have kept it with all the like, like blatant exactly. sexual harassment. They wouldn't have kept Correct. him if he wasn't good in the sur- in the surgery room. Let's and, just be real. And, and let's be real. I don't really care. Uh, I don't care anything about you as a person uh, when my wife is getting cut open and delivering my child. Like I just want you to be the best damn surgeon in the world. And mm-hmm. this guy gave me. Best damn surgeon yeah. in the world vibes. So this isn't the Heisman. He, you're, you're not, you're, the exactly. character is not is not a yeah. criteria. Did here. he high five yeah. you when it was delivered? He gave me one of the firmest like like I just got Alfred so hard on the handshake. Like, I, I just, <laughs> Pulled it was, you in. It was like it it's was like, like oh my Trump daughter didn't stuff. see this. <laughs> yeah, it, it was exactly like when Trump was on the stage with another world leader. Like he was just like he just alphaed me so hard. Like I didn't even pretend. Like. Uh, and it's just ever since then, it's been just like the whirlwind. But, you know, my, par- my parents and her parents, like, basically, like, when we told her, when we told them, like, Aaliyah's water broke, like, they just, like, got in the car. And I'm yeah. like, you can't, you can't do anything for, like, five hours. Like, we we're like, just come in at 1030. Yeah, it's first uh, grandchild for both of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Hey, you know, there you go. Like, and, 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 like, they've all, they've all been, you know, they, they've been massive, massive helps. But, like. You know, so are you calling us on this little? Yeah, I'm, I am at Baptist. East. You're at Baptist all, East all, still. So, campus, yeah. so we're getting we're getting a from the hospital phone call from Jeffrey Correct. Wright. 
uh, now that his uh, beautiful daughter Josephine Sadie Wright, you sent Indeed. me a, you sent me it in the raw you sent me Sadie Josephine in the text message on air Sorry. yesterday. I called her Sadie Sadie Josephine. Uh, that, and I sounded like uh, an idiot. Uh, 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 that that might have been the uh, the two hours of sleep. Uh, <laughs> it, it's she's named after both both of uh, mine and Aaliyah's maternal grandmothers. So oh, that's lovely. oh, that's great. That's lovely. So originally, I wanted. Did she to be, sleep well last night? How was how was sleep last? How was the first? How was the first night? Did everything so go okay? The, the first four hours of her life. I know you find this hard to believe, guys. She wouldn't shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, it's like eh, that one's probably on me. Um, yeah. But like, it was almost like she spent like the first four hours of her life just like getting it all out of her system. And ever since then, like she has just been the perfect child. Uh, and, and it's. She's sleeping a lot. We did send her to the nursery at, like, 11 Mm -hmm. so that we could get a a little sleep. I think Aaliyah got more sleep, and that was a good thing. Uh, And then she's been with us since, I don't know, like, 3 this morning, 3 o'clock this morning. Well, I'm glad to hear everything is going uh, relatively okay, and uh, you are are on the the road on this new adventure. Like I said, you probably won't remember the next month. Well, you'll remember the hospital. Like this is obviously a great, you know, great moment. But like once you get home, and it, it it's like it's like the front lines. It's like you know, it, it, we're going to war here. We're going we're gonna get this baby to go to sleep. We got to get this baby breastfed. We got to get you know. And it's like uh, you're kind of you, until your body gets used to it. It's just you know, it's gonna well, be it's al- gonna be tough. But there's light. There's always there's light at the end of the tunnel. There like it's, it's a month. Like, it, it, it it doesn't last. Nothing lasts. That's what I've learned about raising a kid. If it's bad, it doesn't last. It changes over time. You know, like it changes. You have to be nimble. And so even if things are bad, it'll, you know, there's chances are it could get better or change at least. Yeah. And it's like trying to determine, like, okay, is she going to have the personality of, like, she's going to be one that's going to be easy to get down or one that's going to be difficult to get down? Like, who the heck knows? Like, as soon as you get out of, like, as soon as you get to the house, is there something different? But so far, so good. Uh, You know, I think I think for me, like I'm trying to set the bar low. Like you don't, I think if you want to set out to be the world's greatest dad, um, you're probably gonna be disappointed. I just want her to actually ask me to. Like she'll she'll love me enough to ask her to walk her down the aisle. Like to me, like that's my there you angle. Go. Yeah, seems fair. Uh, you're invited. Yeah. I want to be invited to the wedding. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you said yeah. as the bar. I yeah. want to be yeah. invited to the wedding. Uh, yeah. That's you know. Hey, listen. That's a that's a good goal, I guess. Yeah, it's realistic. It's like eight and four with Memphis football. Correct. Realistic. Maybe not. Maybe Correct. not striving for the best, but it'll I, you know you keep your job. W- Listen, I'm not trying to win Father of the Year. If I win Father of the Year, I obviously will accept the award. I'll put it on my Twitter bio. With that being said, like my goal is, I'm trying to be realistic. Like I just want her to. I want her to. Uh, I'm not even saying admire me, but it, tolerate me. If she will tolerate me as her father, I think that's a win. Well, I can't think of a better way to welcome her to the world than play a little game of buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. I mean, come on. Hey, man. No, it's, 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 it's absolutely it's the way she would want it. On 92.9's Giannotto and Jeffrey show, where we either buy, buy sell, sell, short, or go to Reddit. So we got a trifecta today because Connor's in here. He's going to play with us, too. Because, like, I, I asked Connor yesterday, I was like, are we kind of like uncles to this baby? You know, like, ultimately? You know, Dennis too. Like we're we're show we're show uncles. 
for this baby. I think she's. I think she's going to have no shortage of Uncle Mark, Uncle Connor. She's going to have multiple Uncle Connors because you know my my youngest brother's mm. Connor. Mm, that's uh, that's tough for you. I'll take I'll take the second. I, yeah. It's family. I, you know I understand. <laughs> yeah, and my my brother my brother Connor had the line of the day. He's like, wait, they have fingernails. <laughs> oh my god! I couldn't believe that. Like, uh, that, like took him by surprise. Uh, uh, what is this? Fing- I, I will say, I did have a dream about me and Cat having a baby last night. Like oh that my. was it's so tough. Oh my! Well, because Gabe was talking about it on our like all yeah. of our shows yesterday. Uh, we talked about babies, so it was top of mind. Well, um, we'll see about that. Here, okay. Here's our first buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit because your baby's coming right in time for a very important Memphis football season, Jeffrey, um, and. I think some good news in the last 24 hours or so. I, you may have missed this, but ESPN's analytics for the AAC came out. And you know what the analytics are predicting, Jeffrey? They are predicting that SMU is going to face Memphis in the AAC championship game this season. And furthermore, we had ESPN's bowl predictions come out today. And oh, yeah. the bowl projections because obviously they're dead on at this point of the year, done by Mark Schlebaugh and Kyle Bonagura. They've got Bonagura's got Memphis playing in the Fenway Bowl against Boston College. Schlebaugh has Memphis playing in the Military Bowl against Syracuse. I bring that up because the AAC only puts its best teams in the bowl games where they're playing power, you know, power yeah. conference opponents. So if they were to make either of those bowl games, playing Boston College or Syracuse, playing an ACC team, it would suggest they are one of the two or three best teams in the AAC this season, in my mind, if they're putting those bowl games. So here is my buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit to you based on all of that, Jeffrey and Connor. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. We should put our faith in ESPN's Memphis football projections. All right, so am I leading off? Yeah, why not? Yeah, new dad, new day, lead off. All right, here's where I'm going to buy it. I think one thing that analytics do a better job of than we do as just, like, consumers of sports, the analytics consider the schedule. And doesn't it make sense that, doesn't it make sense that the two teams that most people believe have the easier schedules are SMU and Memphis in terms of yes. the conference schedule? Yes. And to me, the fact that, because I, I think when you look at when you look at the teams that are going to be towards the top of the standings or expect to be towards the top of the standings, I do think I do think Memphis and SMU have the most favorable schedules. I think SMU has a slightly more favorable schedule than Memphis, but Memphis also gets SMU at home. And so to me, I don't I think I would be most surprised if someone or two teams just kind of get out in front and, and run downhill towards the AAC title game. I think it's going to be kind of bunched up at the top. And for me, I would rather bet on the teams that have the, the easier schedules than bet on, okay, well, I think, I think this team's just slightly better. Like, I'd rather bet on the schedule than whether or not I think that this roster, top to bottom, is better because we also don't really ever factor in injuries, and football's always going to have injuries. And, like, I, one thing that does concern me about UTSA when everyone is just picking them to roll, like, their schedule's pretty brutal. Okay. Okay. Connor, how do you feel? Should we we should be buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit? We should put faith in ESPN's projections for Memphis football that have come out here in the last 24 hours or so. I, I'm also going to buy it. I'm also going to okay. buy it. 
Um, very similar reasons to Jeffrey. I think that the, the strength of schedule for Memphis, it's just not that tough. And they should. Like, when you look at it, I see three probable losses, but I think that there's potential to be, to be better. We've been saying on Gabe's show that we think that eight wins is the absolute low for this team this season. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and buy it. I also just want to see the Tigers play in Fenway as a Red Sox fan. That would be awesome. So yeah. I'm rooting for it. They always put Memphis early on in that. And it doesn't, you know, like the AAC games this thing ultimately. Like the teams right. that are going to play in those games are going to be the best teams in the league. Yeah. Like if Memphis is in sixth place again, they're going to go to one of those crummy bowls again. Like it's not, you know, like that's ultimately what it's going to be. Um, I am I am buying this as well. And I and I would say it because of this. I, I think ultimately, I think what will constitute a definitive successful season would be for this team to go nine and three. There's no way in my mind you could go come away from a nine and three season and go, that wasn't a successful season. Because frankly, I think nine and three is gonna give you a decent shot at being that second team in the AAC championship game, ultimately. And um, I think it just seems very reasonable for them to go nine and three if they're any good. You know, like ultimately, like this comes down to are they any good? And um, my sense is, given the schedule, a favorable schedule, and I think, I think these teams in the AAC are going to kind of beat up on each other a little bit. These top four or five teams in the AAC, and like you know, losing a couple conference games. Might not. Yeah, I don't know. If that's going to keep you out of the, con- uh, the out of the conference championship game this year. And it just feels like the proposition. And this is partly, I think, a reflection of the state of the league, given what they've lost and what they added. You know, I just think it's it's pretty wide open this year, as wide open as it's been in a long time, for better or worse, in the AAC. So that's kind of how I I I think. I think it's a reminder of how wide open the AAC is, how there isn't really a team that you can definitively go, like, that team is head and shoulders better than, looks on paper to be head and shoulders better than everyone. There's no team like that in the AAC this year. There just isn't. Yeah, I think the other thing to remember, if we're, I'm basing it more on the analytics than I am yeah. the bowl games, because yeah. you got to also remember, with the bowl games, I mean, the, the league has ushered out three teams that have been kind of, you know, it's not stalwarts, but like they've been the three schools that the AACs tried to position towards, you know, going to those bigger bowl games. And then the other thing to remember is if they go if they go nine and three and they're in that championship game, they're still very much in play for a New Year's Six berth because I think when you look at the Mountain West, I think the Mountain West is going to have a, a similar type problem. I don't. I suppose the 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 thought would be Boise could perhaps be the team that maybe separates. But right now, when you look at the Mountain West, I think they're going to be jumbled up. The Sun Belt, you know, it, it could wind up. But I almost feel like a, a Sun Belt team almost has to go either undefeated or one loss to get into that spot. But you got to be a conference champion. So if Memphis gets into that game at 9-3, and three, wins the game at 10-3, and three, they're going to be in pretty good shape for a New Year's Six birth. Yeah. I, I may, and maybe it's just the maybe it's just the glow now that we're ten games out from the season. But I, like, ultimately, we'll have plenty of time if this if this if this thing's not working again, Memphis football wise, we're gonna have plenty of time to scrutinize it. We're gonna know by the middle of October whether this team is actually any good or not, right? Like, I mean, that's oh, what I it feels like. I, by the I, time I, we get to that two lane game, then. yeah. By the time yeah. we get to that two lane game, we're gonna have a good sense of whether this team 
actually has a legitimate chance of being like some of those other teams that went to the AAC championship game or whether it's just another, you know, it's same same type of team, just some different names thrown in there, if you will, from the previous think, couple of years. I think you make the argument by the end of the two lane game, we'll have enough context to know whether or not this team is is in competition for a league title because we will have seen the four non conference games, so we'll have seen them against you know two pretty good tests in Missouri and Boise. We'll see them with a team that is expected to compete for the title in two lane, like. We'll know how they look. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even depending on, you know, you can, you, it's not even necessarily you need to know the record in those games, but you'll know how they look. And if, mm-hmm. if indeed they figured out ways to flip some of these close losses into close wins, then all of a sudden you know that this team is, you can get behind this team. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll talk a little more about uh, some of the things Ryan Silverfield said today later with Jonah Dillon personnel wise, who's going to actually play for this team this season, um, some of the new faces that are in there. All right, uh, I'm curious what you think about this one, Jeffrey. Um, this is another sort of football one. Um, it's related to the new – you might have missed this yesterday. It wasn't big news, but uh, the Memphis City Council approved a new two-year lease uh, for between Memphis and – University of Memphis football and Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. It was – called kind of a whole, you know, just like a placeholder lease, so to speak, um, because two years from now, presumably, the hope is, the the belief is, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium will be renovated and you'll need a new type of lease with all the new whatever they have in there, ultimately, depending on, again, you know, how much money they receive from the city to do the, the planned renovations. Um, so I ask you this, because um, the plan is, Right now, you talk to University of Memphis, they are still operating under the plan of after the AutoZone Liberty Bowl this year, we are going to start renovations on Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, and we've given no, we've been given no reason to believe from the city that there's any sort of issues with that commencing then and going forward with this renovation that they've announced. Um, obviously, some of that has been questioned a little bit given the the – Grizzlies are involved in this as well, and that money has to be divvied up between the two. So buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Memphis football will play in a meaningfully renovated Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium during the 2025 football season. So I'm not putting a, I'm not making you put a number on it, like how much money they will get. Just it'll look different. You know what I mean? It'll look renovated in a meaningful way and they'll be on time because the plan is right now to start after this season and then have it, you know, have, you know, kind of play in like, let's be honest, a construction zone a little bit in 2024 and then 2025, you'll be in a renovated stadium. That's the plan. So buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Essentially things will go according to plan. All right. So I'm a little, I think you might've given yourself the classic Mark Giannato, son of an attorney at law. Mm. Uh, the, I'm, I'm paying attention to that on time element. Mm. Yeah, I think that gives yourself the out. He, here's the concern that I have. I I understand the the thought of the Grizzlies in the end aren't going to want to play bad guy. Okay, I get that. But what if if their plan 
Like, I, the thing that I'm worried about is the plan is going to be like, – I just think these things have gotten very, very expensive to do. And I don't, think they're, I don't think they're getting a lot cheaper. And at a certain point, it's entirely possible this money is going to have to come down to does it go to the Grizzlies or are we going to try to give some to the Tigers to keep them happy? Because I'm worried about at a certain point, do the Grizzlies go, this is the price to keep us here? And, like, that's just something you can't really risk, in my opinion. Like, if, you, if, you're the, if you're the civic leaders that make a decision that allow the Grizzlies to leave, like, that's just devastating to the community. I'm going to say – I'm going to short this. And the reason why, mm. the reason why I'm going to short this is – I understand that we've been given no indication. We've been given no indication. I still don't think that they've been given the significant indication of here's the amount of money that you're giving, that you're getting, and go ahead and start things up. Like everything to me feels like it's been a placeholder type deal. Like even this, even this two year lease, like it's a placeholder deal. But at the same time, like the fact that we still don't have a number for the Grizzlies, it suggests to me that one of the possible strategies that the Grizzlies could be playing is I think the biggest advocate for Memphis right now is Jim Strickland for the university to, to get, to get the money for Liberty stadium. It's Jim Strickland. And I think it's entirely possible that they can wait out the clock and to get a more favorable deal. And that's, that's just been my concern all along. I don't think there's, I'm in the camp of, I don't think there's, I don't think there's enough money to, to significantly renovate both. Okay. I'm going to buy this. I think they're going to play in a new, like, meaningfully renovate. I think they're, everything's going to go okay, ultimately. They're going to fight. Like, will it? Will all the money come from this particular, uh, if you will, a particular act of the state? Maybe not. Um, but I think... I think ultimately every, this is going to work out. I don't know if it's going to work out perfect. I don't know if it's going to work out in a way where everyone is super thrilled with how it went. But I think everyone's going to you know, get some version of what they wanted in the end. It's not going to be, you know, this pro- like, and I, when, when I say everyone, I should say University of Memphis and the Grizzlies. I don't know about this. I, don't know, I still can't wrap my arms around the soccer stadium happening. Um, but... I think this is going to – I just don't like – they're they're pushing forward with these plans at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. I just don't think they'd be as far along in the process as they are if they hadn't gotten some sort of assurances. Like, they've got architects in there now and, like, specific – like, you know, like, I just think they're going to get some version of a significant amount of money. I don't know if it's $200 million or $150 million, but I think they're going to get enough to do something meaningful in the stadium, and they should. Like – both things should like I hate that it's a competition. Both things should happen. And I agree that the Grizzlies, you know, like some people go wonder, like, you know, FedEx Forum's not that old. But it's like if you're trying to secure a twenty five year lease from the Grizzlies, like, you gotta give them a home that they're comfortable with twenty, twenty five years from now. I, I and that is number one priority, ultimately. But both projects are worthy in my mind. It's the soccer one where I'm kind of like, I don't know. like, But, at, you know, at the same time, there are soccer fans who are like, you know, like, 
ultimately that there there are some devoted fans to that team and like it should be discussed. You know, one of my kind of qualms with all this is it feels like a lot of this now is being done like hush hush, you know, like like this is public money. And, you know, I think all sides should be talking about this a little more publicly than they are, frankly, um, how this is going to get worked out because it is ultimately, again, public. It's not, it's not private money. If it's private money, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. But this is public money we're talking about doling out, and I, I wish it was a little more, uh, you know, not being done behind closed doors, so to speak. But at the same time, I don't know. I just think, I think both projects are worthy, and the state, Wanted both projects done, and so I think they'll get done. And maybe that's too maybe that's putting too much faith in you know our our government, our local government. But I think in so again, I don't think it's going to be exactly how everyone wanted it. But I think it's both they're going to get done. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too positive, Connor. I, I was about to say, look at Mark Giannato being the prince of positivity today. Yeah. I, I like to see it. You nailed it though. It's the hush hush element of it is why I'm taking this thing to Reddit. I'm taking this thing to Reddit all day because the streets mm. talk, Mark. The streets talk. Okay. The truth lies in the message boards. There's gonna be there's gonna be conversations that happen behind closed doors. The people are gonna be following the money. The on time element of your question is yeah. why I'm going to Reddit because we will find out the true schedule and what is actually happening. It on probably Reddit. not. I I probably should sell it based on what Jeffrey said. The loophole of they'll probably get some something get, meaningful I, I done. They'll get something done. But the I don't on know about time, on time. Yeah. On time is tough. On time stuff. I also like. That one of your reasoning for getting done is you're like they have architects. Yeah. It wouldn't be real. They they got architects. They got in plans. There. <laughs> they got re- they got renewed. They got, they got professionals. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No. I, I think Reddit's the way to go on this one because you will find out all the things about the money, who's here and what. The boosters are going to find out things. The hardcore well, Memphis fans on on the message and, boards they'll tell you the story. And ultimately, the city council is going to have to prove how this some this money's doled out. The mayor obviously is part of this. And, you know, when politics are involved, the people can get involved. Absolutely. Maybe. I don't know. Unless they throw you out of the building like they did in Nashville. I'm just really worried about the price. Mm. Like, because the Grizzlies, like, yes, they can borrow, but it's not like. Well, the question is, can you get, I think if you're the city of Memphis, the question is, you know, like you got $350 million this year. Hey, can you get some more for the Grizzlies next budget season? Like the lease doesn't run out for a few years, you know, like can you get more or or is it can you get more through other avenues because, you know, you do have a little bit of a cushion here before the lease runs out. Can you get money from other avenues besides the one you've already successfully gotten money from? Um, I think that'll be something actually, that's interesting I, to I, see I, play out. And it'll pro- honestly, it'll probably be up to the next mayor to to do that. I, I agree with you in the sense that, like, that, that is true. I still think, though, the biggest question is, what is the FedEx Forum renovation going to cost? Because mm-hmm. I don't think until we can actually figure out that yeah. number, yeah. like, we can really know. Because, like, I don't know, the longer, the longer that it's hush-hush, the more it makes me believe that what they have in mind is, is expensive. Yeah. All right, last buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit before we get to Jonah Dillon, and we'll talk more of the nitty-gritty of Memphis football with him. Um, buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Memphis basketball is a dark horse for the Final Four. So says John Fanta at FoxSports.com. He, he listed Memphis as a dark horse Final Four team. Um, he also noted in his write-up, according to his sources, chances are DeAndre Williams won't get his waiver approved 
Um, I'll also, an additional buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit here. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit, you believe uh, – you, you believe chances are DeAndre will you're putting stock into chances are DeAndre Williams won't get his waiver approved from John Fanta, so a double buy sell short or go to Reddit here, Jeffrey. All right, should we put the DeAndre one first? I mean, I think it probably plays gonna, it probably plays into your buy, decision here, right? If you're gonna buy the problem that I have with the DeAndre waiver is. And again, sometimes trying to read too much into what the NCAA is doing is is an exercise in futility. But I have sensed that the NCAA, as they have, as they've clearly like been neutered in power, like they're making a last offensive, if you will, to show that they have some power. And I'm worried that DeAndre is going to fall victim to that, even though that I don't necessarily, like I don't think that that's fair to apply it. But that does give me some concern, um, despite the fact that I know that the, the program feels optimistic. I'm just looking at the NCAA has been willing to make a couple of unpopular player rulings, and we haven't been seeing that recently. And that gives me a little concern. Um, so I guess, I guess I will buy Fanta on DeAndre, which would in turn – I mean, what does a dark horse candidate for the Final Four mean? Like, I mean, he had them among like twelve teams that could win the cha- like go to the Final Four. A list of twelve teams. He had them like in a group with like San Diego State. Um, who else did he have them with? Um, I mean, I think they're like that's the problem. Like, I, I'm I'm not as well versed on everyone else's roster, but the the biggest problem would be if you don't. Does, how much do you think does DeAndre? impact the beginning of the season. So because to me to me the key is if Memphis is going to be a candidate for a final four run, like even if you want to take like okay, well FAU got to the final four from the 8th seed, it's like well you do have to factor in the one seed got beat by the 16. Like that that mm-hmm. does apply. The the concern that I would have is I don't know if they win enough games in the non-conference to get like a top yeah. 5 seed, a top 5 seed to kind of play their way into, you know, a nice side of the bracket. Yeah, so I'm with, I, in my mind, I, I I can see them being a dark horse for the Final Four if DeAndre Williams is playing. Because I, I, I said this with Jason and John earlier, I think he's the best player on the team. They brought in all these new guys, whatever. If DeAndre's eligible, I think he's the best player on the team. He might not average the most points per game or whatever. The DeAndre that played the last 10, 15 games of last season is the best player on this team. And so obviously to me, this the the – my expectations for this group change if DeAndre's out there compared to when he's not, if he's not available. Um, I'll say this. I think, like, I, I said, <laughs> this report, chances, sources say chances are DeAndre won't get his waiver approved. Like, this is, I've got a problem with this type of reporting. Like, either, if you're going to use sources in this situation, it better be to say, like, he's not, you know, sources... With, you know, with knowledge of the process, say he's, you know, about to get his waiver denied. Or sources say he's getting it approved. Like, you can't, ch- you know, if chances are he won't get his waiver approved, you know what? Guess what? Chances are it might also get approved. You know, like, it, like what? Like, so I don't put any stock into what John Fanta is reporting here. Um, because I don't, I think John Fanta talked to a few coaches who told him, hey, well, you know, he's 27. Usually they don't get waivers in this case. But, like, they don't actually have any. I, I don't, I don't, 
I do not believe that any of John Fanta's sources have actual knowledge of DeAndre Williams' case. Or he would have reported something more than chances are. <laughs> you know, like, what does that even I, mean? I, I agree with you. Um, so, like, but that still doesn't mean, like, I don't know I don't know if, if DeAndre Williams is going to get his waiver or not. It feels like, to me, this is a very specific situation. And so to... to to say past precedent says something about what the ruling's going to be feels kind of foolish. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be a very specific ruling related to DeAndre Williams' situation and how they view it, how they view whatever evidence he's presenting and all that stuff. Um, so I don't know. But I, I – so I – it's – I don't think Memphis basketball is like a Dark Horse Final Four team without DeAndre Williams. Um, I think they are with him. I think he's the key to it all. I really do because I think he's the best player on the team. And I also think having that guy who actually has played for Penny Hardaway before is going to be, and not and not his son, is going to be really crucial to, as you sort of alluded to, Jeffrey, this team coming together through a tough non-conference schedule and the fact that they, no matter what, whether DeAndre's available or not, they're incorporating a lot of new significant pieces um, and so um, that's I, I I'm buying this if DeAndre is available that they are a dark horse final four team, um, but I am selling putting stock into John Fanta's whatever sources are chances are report. Connor, what do you think? I'm I'm going to Reddit again on DeAndre Williams once again. The streets are going to know. We're going to find out from the streets what's going on with the DeAndre Williams situation. Like you said. Je- Jeffrey, I think if, you'd call that a cop-out answer, wouldn't you? No, Okay, then I'm selling it. Then I'm selling it. Okay. I, don't, I don't believe what he's saying. Because here's okay. what I'll say as the Prince of Positive. You tell me that your sources are saying there's a chance it's going to get denied. I'm telling you my sources are telling me there's a chance it gets approved. Okay, there how we go. How dare you, John Fan, to put that on us look here. Look at Connor bringing some heat. Yeah, how, how about that? But I'm also going to buy them being a Dark Horse Final Four team. Even without DeAndre Williams, I think that there's still a path for them because I I have long believed that this is, you know, it's clearly the most experienced team that he has, but I think it's the best team that Penny Hardaway has had. And I think Javon Quinterly, Caleb Mills, Jordan Brown, Jaquan Walton, and uh, David Jones, I think they can maybe make a run to the Final Four, even if DeAndre Williams isn't on that court. I have a lot of faith in this basketball team this year. They're right on the precipice of it last year. You know, if they beat, if they won that game against FAU, that path was there for the Final Four. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see why it can't be this year. All right. Uh, Jeffrey... Thank you so much. I can't believe you have time to talk to us, but I'm really glad we uh, we got to celebrate uh, new dad, Jeffrey Wright. Um, but uh, enjoy uh, enjoy that baby of yours and uh, be very helpful to your wife. All right, I'm going to go do that right now. All right, that was Jeffrey Wright, <laughs> new dad and co-host of this show. Coming up next, Jonah Dillon, the Tiger football beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, will join us next. Ryan Silverfield spoke earlier today. He uh, named a couple starters, shed some new light on uh, position battles. We'll get into all of that with Jonah Dillon 10 days away from Tiger football starting. You're listening to Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Yes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bien. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jonah Dillon is the new Memphis football beat writer over at the Commercial Appeal. He's also going to Help with our coverage of the Grizzlies as well. Uh, you can follow him on X at the Jonah Dillon. Um, Jonah, welcome. Your debut appearance on the show. Um, you've been here in Memphis a few weeks now, maybe even a month at this point. Um, how do you like it so far? What's uh, what? What were your impressions of Memphis before you came here? And uh, what's the first month been like? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Honored to make my debut today. Uh, I didn't have a lot of impressions. I've told some people this. Before I moved here, I had never even been to the South, anywhere in the South, my whole life. So mm. didn't know a lot about it. But I've enjoyed it so far. I wish it was a little bit cooler out. Right? Yeah. Um, We've welcomed you with some uh, some some bona fide Southern heat. Yeah, it hasn't been great. So I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, figure out how it all goes. But, uh, yeah, it would be nice if it cooled down a little bit. But from what you've told me, it'll get better. Yeah, fall's nice here. You know, October, November are very pleasant, I feel, in Memphis. September's kind of brutal, it feels like, always. Um, and then, uh, and like, May's great. April, May, it's great. Um, yeah, summers can be, can be a bear. Well, um, you've been doing some great stuff over at CommercialPill.com, lots of uh, interesting stories up there that I, I suggest people check out. Recent features on Jeffrey Canton Arku, Jacob Likes, Sutton Smith, and the running back situation. Um, what, uh, I guess, what, I'm guessing you didn't know much about Memphis football coming into this, you know, in terms, you know, just from a Ryan Silverfield personnel perspective, program history perspective. Now that you've really 
sunk your teeth into it. You've gotten to know some of the players and coaches. Um, your impressions of, I guess, uh, the program as it, uh, as it, you know, sort of the outlook on the season uh, after what three, four weeks of training camp here, or preseason, if you will. Yeah, well, there's a lot to learn because obviously all the new players, and then you've got the new AAC with the different teams that you know people aren't familiar with. So there's a lot to go through, but I think people. It seems like people are excited. They they feel like this season the expectations have been raised a little bit as they should with the new conference and and with some of the returning pieces that the Tigers have. So there's kind of some cautious optimism uh, going into this year, but at the same time, difficult games at the beginning of the schedule, sort of in the middle half. And it'll be interesting to see how that kind of develops. You know, I'm also, I'm learning that people are, see what I've been trying to figure out is which other colleges, you know, we were talking about this earlier, like what are Memphis's rivals Mm. and really which schools do Memphis fans not like? Because I tweeted earlier today, we'll talk about the, what Ryan Silverfield said, but Caden Prescorn obviously was the tight end last year. He went to Ole Miss. So I tweeted that. And then I got a response that said from LD Walder about X, he said, let's not have that Ole Miss name in print again. Thanks. <laughs> so I take it that Ole Miss is on the list. I was going to ask you, can you give me like a, a top three or a top well, five? Yeah. Dislikes? Well, one of the shames of conference realignment is that, like it feels to me the best rivalry, and it was more of a basketball rivalry, but I think it was applied in football as well. Was you know Louisville was a was a good rival for Memphis, and it's been lost because of conference realignment. Um, now that's more so in basketball. You know, over the years, you know, in previous iteration generations, you know, UAB and Southern Miss were rivals. I think Memphis views obviously Tennessee um, and these regional SEC schools, but especially Tennessee as a rival. But none of them will play. You know, like Tennessee won't play Memphis anymore. Um, Ole Miss has played Memphis recently, but the feeling seems to be from that side they don't want to play. They're happy to play Memphis in basketball, but eh, we don't need to play them in football anymore. Um, Mississippi State has been willing to play Memphis um, and I believe is back on the schedule in a couple years. Um, Arkansas also on the schedule uh, in the future with a two-for-one. Um, so two games in Fayetteville, one here in Memphis. Um, but, it, you know, like I think, you know, it's it's tough. You know, like the it feels like with Memphis, because of what conference realignment's done and because just in general, even before this modern era of conference realignment, Memphis has bounced around to different leagues trying to find the right one. And it's kind of like almost like it's the tragedy a little bit of Memphis athletics is that they have this really dedicated, passionate fan base. And yet it feels like they've never been quite been in the right league for what they aspire to be. Um, and it's really unfortunate. They deserve, you know, it does. It feels like Memphis deserves better. That's ultimately kind of, I feel like the ethos of everything at the core of what, you know, Memphis athletics, especially football, men's basketball and their rivalries and conference realignment and conference affiliation, um, so, you know, in football, it's like, I feel like they do have rivals, you know, like the UCF game became, felt like a little bit like a rivalry there during the Norvell era because the games were so good and so close. Right. Um, but it, you know, I, I, I think honestly, like in this, you know, new league, they don't really have a rival right now. Like they're going to have to develop something, you know, maybe it'll be you, you know, getting the UAB game back on the schedule. Maybe that's what becomes a rivalry. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's, that's one of the, you know, again, like it, it's, it's a real shame, honestly. Um, yeah. you know, because like ultimately like 
I think Memphis and Tennessee should play every year in football. You know, they they should. Um, it should, and frankly, I think it should. You know, one game in Knoxville, one game in Memphis, because but Tennessee will never agree to that. Like it's just not going to happen um, in football. And right now, it's not going to happen even in men's basketball. Um, we are getting a Memphis Tennessee game in women's basketball uh, or a series this year, but it took it literally took Memphis hiring a Tennessee alum to make it happen. Um, so. Um, I don't know, you know, right, Connor? Like, I don't, I don't know who. I don't think they have a rival right now in football. Certainly, no. It seems like that FAU fans are trying to create a rivalry between them and Memphis, and it just, but it doesn't feel like a right fit there. That's just going to be a one year thing. Yeah, I don't really think they have one right now, to be honest. Yeah, so it seemed like that that was coming from the from basketball. Maybe they can like make that into a thing, and then it can spill over. I guess that would be the hope. I mean, there is some thought that FAU could be a sleeper in the AAC this year with Tom Herman back. He's obviously had he had success in the AAC at Houston previously, so maybe. Um, but regardless, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the, the nitty gritty of Memphis football because it, we're ten days out from the start of the season, and there's so many new pieces on this team. Um, yes, Seth Hennigan's back, but it feels like everything else is going to be a lot of you know you know. There's going to be there's going to be a significant number of new faces, whether they're guys who didn't play as much previously or they are transfers when this team takes the field against Bethune-Cookman in 10 days. And Ryan Silverfield spoke earlier after practice, um, and, and and I thought you know probably shed the most light he has this preseason on, okay, how are things going uh, at certain position battles? What was your biggest takeaway from what Ryan Silverfield said today? Um 10 days out. Yeah, I think the, the two positions that he pretty much named the starter, I mean, he said that Mac Pounders basically would be the starting left tackle. I think mean, he said, we hope he can be our left tackle. And that goes in line with kind of what we were expecting. But it's still important because if you go back to the first day of practice when camp opened up, he said all the offensive line positions are basically up for grabs there's going to be open competition that we want everybody to earn them. So Pounders is a guy who sort of had an inside track, you would have said at that point. But for him to come out now and say that, you know, there were some positions, like I asked him, who's the starting kicker? And he, he didn't answer. And we'll see when the depth chart comes out on Monday, and then we'll see who takes the field against Bethune Cookman. So I think the fact that he went out there and said, Mac Pounders is, is going to probably be the guy at left tackle is important because the offensive line is something that people have talked about and needs to improve. Silverfield, obviously, former offensive line coach, so people are expecting that's going to be a position where, where things are going to get better. And there were a lot of faces, and he even mentioned it, there's a lot of people who are still competing for that right tackle spot, transfers, guys who have been in the program. And how those positions develop is going to be a storyline, I think, throughout the whole season. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, I mean, that, that was my biggest takeaway. Well, because I'm interested, he listed – Four guys, ten, 10 days out from the season opener, he listed four guys who could be his starting right tackle, and he listed five guys who could be his starting running back. Um, is that great because he's got, you know, depth, if you will? That's a word he's used a lot this preseason, or is that concerning because it means no one has really, you know, outshined anyone necessarily? What, what did you make of... What did you make, read into those comments about those two positions in particular? Yeah, well, I think, I think running back, I almost, no matter what we see on the depth chart, I don't think that's a huge, like, wow, this person is number one, because we know that multiple guys are going to play. Even if 
Ryan Silverfield wants one guy to be kind of the main guy, the feature back, whatever. We know that there are going to be multiple backs involved, and that can change based on the game plan or, you know, situation in the game. If you're down, you need receiving backs, things like that. Whereas offensive tackle, I mean, these are positions where you want to say this guy's the starter and he's going to play at this position. You don't want to be rotating guys in at that position because you want a guy to just earn the job and stick there. So if we're 10 days out and we're still trying to find the right tackle, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what can those guys do in the next 10 days to get that spot? And then is that a a competition that's going to continue through the beginning of the season? Because it's possible that they come out for the first game and the coaches want to see how different guys react in that actual game environment, but they haven't actually said this guy is 100% going to be the starting right tackle or the starting left tackle, whatever it may be. So I think running back, it'll kind of work itself out. But some of these other positions, you'd like to have a better sense of, of where it's headed going into the first game. Okay. Um, any uh, any names that you think that you've heard come up more often than any other that you expect, like you feel good 10 days out, this guy's going to be a main piece or a featured piece for this team, offense or defense. Who you feel good about just based on what the coaches have said? Yeah, I think I think Sutton Smith is the name that comes to mind. Probably everybody will say just because it does feel like his name just keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that was interesting is at the beginning of training camp, and we talked to all the different position coaches after practices, and a lot of times we would ask them, you know, who's winning this position battle, or is this one guy that that you want to kind of talk about? He's ahead of everybody else, and almost every position, it's like you know, there's competition, we're, we're going to see what happens, which totally makes sense. But Sutton Smith was a guy that just coaches all over the place would just bring up his name. I mean, Chris White is a special teams coach without even being asked, said if we were going to play today, he would be our starting kick return, even though he hadn't even been practicing that at that point. Just He, he just said, look at this guy's speed. He's a dynamic player. So I think they're really expecting him to take the next step this year. He, you know, he's a true freshman last year, and he's had an offseason to kind of work on his body improve other parts of his game, kick returning, maybe being a receiver out of the backfield, playing in two back sets. And I think that, that there's an expectation that he's going to have a significant improvement this year and that you'll be seeing more and more of him as the season kind of goes on. Okay. What about Seth Hennigan? How's he looked? Good. I think Seth Hennigan is that's, – that's the thing from the beginning. It's like you've got all these different guys. We haven't even talked about wide receiver, but you've got transfers coming in at wide receiver. you lost a lot of production at tight end at wide receiver. And we have all these questions about running back, what's the pecking order going to be, you know, how many touches is this guy going to get. And we have questions about the offensive line. So it goes back to, well, you have a third-year returning quarterback, and you need him not only to take the next step to be better than he was last year, but – you also need him to help bring all these things together. And that's one thing that Ryan Thornfield talked about today. He said that that's been one of his biggest roles in this offseason is kind of being the guy who, who moves everything forward in the offense, not even just on the field, but off the field, developing chemistry with, with all these new players. So I think it's almost gotten lost because we've been talking so much about who's going to fill this role and which new player is going to do this and who's going to make this jump. And in reality, you know, Seth Hennigan is the quarterback, but he he's, was just the most important position on the field, but he's also a returning player who, who people are expecting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t